We can all agree that modern healthcare doesn't provide a great patient experience, right? If you don't know what I mean, try taking information from one provider and handing it to another. Think about how many questions you have to repeat every time you go to a new doctor, get a new prescription filled. Or even just look at a hospital bill and try to understand it line by line from an ordinary patient's perspective. You're gonna have a bad time. And there are valid reasons for a lot of that from a provider's perspective. Issues with interoperability, limits on personnel's capacity and workloads, especially as it comes to data management and administrative tasks, the whole minefield that is patient confidentiality. A lot of the processes that are currently in place make total sense if you're a provider. The problem is they don't make sense if you're a patient, and ultimately they're the people receiving care. Shouldn't they be the most important person? Healthcare has become dehumanized, and it's in healthcare more than any other industry that the patient's perspective has to be taken into account. It's so important. It's literally life or death in some cases. We have to do better, and digital transformation can help. This is Transformation at Work, a podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords at real stories of digital transformation and Salesforce success. The show is brought to you by Jarrett, a summit-level Salesforce consulting and implementation partner and solutions provider, and I am Jeff Stormer, your host as always. This episode, we're talking about humanizing healthcare, how digital tools can help providers put the focus back on their patients and deliver the kind of care that brings real, meaningful peace of mind. Our guest is Marina Jackman, Jared's Director of Health and Life Sciences focused on providers. Going back to her almost nine-year career in the Army, where she served in a number of hospital settings, Marina has been immersed in the healthcare world for years now, from the Army to veteran-related nonprofits to Jarrett, she's seen firsthand the impact of how basic structure and administrative support can organize and facilitate patient care and transform the healthcare experience from the ground up with the patient in mind so providers can give real, individualized care to every single patient that walks through the door. We start our conversation by defining our terms and answering the question what we're really talking about when we say healthcare has become dehumanized. I define dehumanized or dehumanization in this context as a disengagement between the healthcare system and a patient, which is obviously less than ideal based on the nature of what it is. That's the politest possible way to put it. It is, but for our purposes, I I try to keep it PC. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) You know, healthcare is unique in, in so many ways and How many industries can really say that they touch literally or reach someone the way that healthcare does? Not too many. So patients are often referred to as consumers and customers because they're being provided a service, but they aren't being sold a product in the way that we understand. It's not a product that's used and discarded. It's most cases, it's not a nice to have or something they could live without. It is an industry that is life or death. And good and therefore bad care affects how you live your life tomorrow for years to come, or unfortunately, not at all. But when patients feel like they aren't being treated as a human being, we really have to take a step back and see what's going wrong. Most people in healthcare go through the years of schooling and the everyday grind. We saw this, especially in the last few years with the pandemic, how much dedication there was. And it was because they do truly care. There's 
there's a real human element that caused them to choose that path. And it's something that can't be replicated anywhere else. So focusing on that human element is how everything needs to be approached. And unfortunately, it isn't. And so the patient has has come to feel like every step has become a chore. The system has been set up to be confusing. It's difficult to understand. Have you ever gotten a hospital bill in the mail and you open it up and you you basically just go and look at how much do I owe and mm-hmm. put it down because it's so hard to understand. You don't know where the numbers are coming from. You really don't want to deal with it. And then patients feel like they're not being treated like actual patients, more like an incident. And so this leads to distrust in the process and or a hesitation to seek treatment at all. Feeling like you're treated like a human, that's really so core to it because more than almost any other industry, this is maybe the most, you know, rooted in a human touch, right? Like this is an industry. Exactly. Right. Like this is, like you said, this is life and death and it is easy to lose sight of that in the business. And that's really like the heart of humanizing healthcare and embracing sort of transformation within healthcare is finding a way to get back to that human element and get back to the core of what, you know, the healthcare industry is meant to be, which is, you know, providing human care. Could you speak more to that? I would. And, you know, you can get a lot of industries can get by with subpar service, right? Like you go into a store, you know, maybe it's not the best customer service. So you go to a restaurant, it might not always be ideal. And you just kind of deal with it because it just is what it is. You are seeking a service that in most cases is probably optional and a nice to have. But with healthcare, you're already, unless it's for an annual or, or kind of your, you know, the things that you have to do physicals, you're already probably not feeling well. Otherwise, you wouldn't be seeking care, right? And so the last thing you want to deal with is a system that doesn't make you feel good about it. You're already not feeling well to begin with. And so out of all industries, healthcare really needs to go above and beyond and see people as the individuals that they are. And and it, it's, it's funny to use digitalization, right, in the context of human, right? Mm-hmm, the human mm-hmm. element. But really, when you pair that pair them together, you really do see that human outcome. And that's the key. And that's putting my Jaren hat on. That's what we do. And that's why we are there to be able to translate that part to make it an outcome that is actually profitable. And I mean that in a non-business sense sure, to sure, the sure. patient. Marina puts it really, really well here. Healthcare is an industry built on helping people. If you're in healthcare on some level, you're doing it because you want to help people. And when it comes to digitalization or digital transformation or whatever your buzzword of choice is for deploying digital tools at work, the goal is ultimately to get rid of administrative burdens, get rid of the worst parts of your day so that you and your team can get back to the stuff that brought you to this job to begin with, and that's giving people real, meaningful, and personalized care when they need it. Let's throw it back to Marina. And the last few years have been such a testament to that throughout the pandemic. I mean, we've all seen the pictures of people with, you know, the the, the mask kind of 
implanted the mm-hmm. shape implanted on their faces. I mean, people just work tirelessly and fatigue is a word often used in healthcare. And it's because it is very real, but being in a hospital setting, I've seen firsthand just how passionate these folks are just, you know, they wake up every day and do it no matter what. And, and there's a lot that goes into it. And so of course we can't know everybody's uh, true intentions, but I'm very confident that for the most part, people go into this with a true intention to, to care for people and and have that human connection. And so the most, the best we can do, and I think the minimum um, that's really asked is finding a way to use digitalization to facilitate that for them, make it easier for them to reach a patient and in turn for a patient to seek care. So we've talked about how the patient experience has become dehumanized. Now I'd love to talk a little bit about how we got here. In your own words, what are a few of the factors that a healthcare provider should be aware of when trying to embrace digital transformation within their organization, and more specifically, a few obstacles they may have to overcome when trying to create a more humanized experience? So it's obviously a very complex uh, landscape, but we're here to specifically talk about the digital portion of that and technology. And so some of those reasons, I think, definitely include uh, digital data, complexity, information blocking, and really siloed digital systems. And so interoperability and the exchange and sharing of patient information and history across a massive complex system that involves different entities, it, it isn't neatly packaged. And so you go to your primary care physician and very well could expect another step in the process for specialty care, for example. How that information pl- flows to provide care is really important and gives the patient some continuity and collaboration. Uh, This equally equates to the patient receiving the benefits of providers being on the same page about their care plan and not having to make a million phone calls to ensure everyone has what they need from an administrative standpoint so that their health can be addressed. There are also a lot of moving parts to take into consideration. How many tasks are involved in coordinating care are pretty endless and all the different aspects that have to work together, the physician, the payer, how you're going to receive your drugs, the pharmaceutical company. Healthcare itself has made significant progress from a scientific and treatment standpoint, but the infrastructure around it has fallen short to the detriment of everyone. That's a really great point, and I imagine that the complexity of data that is being handed from place to place, you know, think about all of the questions that you ask your doctor on a given basis, really underscores the need for that infrastructure, and when that infrastructure isn't there, when all of that data can't easily go from place to place, that's what really sets up that infrastructure to fail and creates that bad experience for the patient, right? That's I imagine it sounds like that is where suddenly I, as the patient, am making seven phone calls to refill my allergy prescription. Right. And why is why does that fall on the patient? Why does the patient have to make sure that you at this office have what you need in order to take care of them? They shouldn't have to do that. It, it, that's why it becomes a chore. It becomes something that they don't even want to deal with. And so it's this constant back and forth. And And to your point, medical advancement, all of those things are really, really great. And having the technology to do a million things that we do every day is also fantastic. 
but you have to find a way for them to work together in a way that makes sense, that provides some, some real outcome. Um, and in healthcare, you really have to find a way to make those systems work for the patient. And inherently, when you do that, I think everybody benefits from them because you're not wasting people's times. You're all seeing the same picture when it comes to a patient. And I can assure you that folks in a clinic would be more than happy to not have to make 20 phone calls and and work through really archaic systems. If, If we got a dollar for every time someone in a clinic wondered why they were still doing something this way, right? Hard copy, having to follow up a million times. Uh, we we would solve a lot of problems in this world. And that's the thing that jumps out to me is like, to put it bluntly, it kind of sucks for everyone, right? Like it's, uh, you know, clinic workers are making the same 20 phone calls. Patients are making the same 20 phone calls. Like it is that that lack of infrastructure, right? You put it really nicely, that lack of infrastructure really makes the experience and the, 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 the healthcare process worse for everyone involved. Yes, absolutely. And, and we live in a competitive business world, right? We see it in so many other aspects of business. And I just don't think healthcare should be one of those. It doesn't behoove any, everybody or anybody, to your point, to not work together. It becomes, from a business perspective, less profitable because of all these different tasks that don't make sense. And so there are a lot of players at play in healthcare, which is is, is a whole other podcast conversation. Um, one, I'm not sure I have the answer to, but yes, absolutely. It doesn't benefit anybody. And there, I'm sure, are tons of cases of so much misuse of, of funds just because of repetitive tasks and, and things just not talking to each other. Which segues us really nicely to our next question, which is, what are some ways providers can better differentiate themselves through digitalization, through digital transformation, through the use of these tools to put their focus back on the patient, like you said, their customer, and deliver the best possible experience? Well, earlier I talked about how healthcare is unique and it's different, but patients like customers in other sectors do actually have some things in common. And so they want a good product and they want something that's easy to use. And consumers in general are willing to pay more for a better experience. And it's something that they put a lot of value in. A patient in this case is really no different. They don't want a one-size-fits-all approach to healthcare. They don't want to feel like a number, especially in a situation where something should be so individualistic. And it's something that should work with their lives, not against it. And so it needs to be more accessible and allow more opportunities for patients to take charge of their own health as well. They Patients want a simple process that isn't a burden. So even though you may be seeking care for a reason that isn't exactly fun, it can still be an enjoyable process. In turn, that equates to a happy patient. A happy patient equates to patient compliance and adherence to a care plan, one that fosters a great relationship with their provider. And in turn, that equates to recovery and a healthy patient. So win-win for everybody. These are all differentiators. So both from a business and provider perspective, this is how to attract and retain patients. And if you're not looking at ways to do this and constantly improve them, how to work better with patients, 
then you're behind the curve and those patients will just go elsewhere. Now, something to keep in mind when we talk about patients having bad experiences is that we're not just being theoretical and we're not just talking about a mild inconvenience. As Marina breaks down here with a personal story, we're talking about people dealing with pretty serious issues and crises in their own lives. And a bad patient experience from a provider often translates to those same people having a burden placed on them at a time when, frankly, they could really, really use the extra support. Let's throw it to Marina. I'll give you a personal example of what that looks like when a process becomes a burden and how simplifying that process really makes a difference between how a patient chooses to receive care and where they receive care. So in 2018, my son was one years old at the time. We went in to see his primary care physician, his pediatrician, for something that I did not think was going to be a big deal, but it needed to be addressed. And long story short, within 12 hours, we had gotten labs, been rushed to the ER, were already at a specialty clinic hospital about an hour and a half away. So I had been told that he would have be having to start chemo shortly. He, they thought he had leukemia at the time. My husband was deployed in Africa. And so I was going through this by myself and I remember the process being fairly simple in that hospital, basically everything that needed to happen got done. They didn't really bother me with it. They didn't ask me insurance questions, anything like that. And in that moment, that's the last thing you want to deal with, right? Like, like that's, that's exactly what you want is to not have to focus on that, those sort of bureaucratic things. Exactly. I mean, your mind is running a million miles an hour elsewhere, right? And so good news is he didn't have leukemia. He did have something called aplastic anemia, which is a serious bone marrow disorder. He has since recovered. So good news, he's fine. However, there was a long-term treatment care that was put in place. Uh, My husband, thankfully, the army sent him back home to deal with this because this was very serious. And so we had to go back and forth between our medical facility where we lived and then the one an hour and a half away. The one an hour and a half away, anytime we walked in, we were seeing doctors up to twice a week. Everything was just so easy. You checked in. I, you know, I signed acknowledging this is the treatment that's happening today. I was never asked to bring anything. They coordinated everything with the home treatment facility and with the pediatrician. Then things started to get better. So we started splitting our time between both. So we didn't have to keep traveling up there. And the experience on the home end was so different. I had to constantly be calling them to ask if they had gotten the paperwork from the other facility. I had to call and make my repeated lab appointments that we knew needed to be done. There was a lot to it. And I thought, you know, clearly one facility has figured this out and another one hasn't. And we're already going through so much because of the situation, having to think about the administrative part of it was really demoralizing. And I thought I'm in healthcare. I worked at the hospital at the time. So this is something I actually 
somewhat understand. Imagine somebody who doesn't understand the process. And so being overwhelmed as a parent and everything going on, if I missed something and I didn't do something that was an administrative task, it affected or delayed something for my son. And I thought this just can't be possible. And so thankfully he's okay, but I knew moving forward, I would do everything in my power and I would be happy to drive an hour and a half or two hours away just for the peace of mind. You know, they gave us the ability to focus on our son without having to worry about everything else. And the care also was reflective of that with the staff. And it, it told me that they invested as much in supporting the patient and the overall experience that goes beyond you just going in, seeing a nurse and seeing a doctor. And so it made me more confident in the actual medical treatment that they were also giving. An amazing story from Marina and one that underlines really the importance of a positive patient experience in the lives of people seeking healthcare. Like she said, these are real people seeking help for serious issues. And when a provider has truly eliminated the burdens and the hurdles and made it easy to get care and support, that can be literally life-changing. Which brings us to another really interesting possibility that comes with digital transformation, and that is the ability to pull the data aside so that providers and practitioners can look past the data, see the patient as the individual they are, and give truly personalized care to every single patient. Here are Marina's thoughts on the matter. Absolutely. And in terms like personalized medicine are used, concierge medicine, and they, they are all there to try and do exactly that. And of course, there's huge value to larger data sets, right? Understanding human behavior, social determinants of health has really become a really important subsector in healthcare. And so there's definitely benefits to all those things, which are all easily uh, put together and tracked with, with digital solutions um, very nicely. But at the end of the day, yes, your genetics is yours alone. Your family history is unique, right? It's a question that is asked at every single doctor mm -hmm. appointment because it matters, because it makes a difference. And so those are all things that providers uh, have to take into consideration. Um, and applying a one-size-fits-all solution in some cases can work for a certain treatment, um, but in most, it, it really doesn't. And so you need to get the patient's buy-in as well, because otherwise they're just, they're not going to comply. And even though it would be of their benefit to comply, because ultimately, right, it's the patient that's not feeling well, your chances of patient compliance are much less. That in turn leads to readmissions. It leads to follow-on care. It leads to patients not addressing issues from the beginning, which in turn later turns into something much more complicated and also more expensive if you want to put on a payer kind of hat to this as well. And, you know, talking about, like you said, one size fits all approaches versus sort of more individualistic approaches to healthcare. Going back to what we were saying earlier, it really you know, the role of digital solutions is to track and monitor and keep that data, you know, 
locked in place so that you can, like we were saying, like it eliminates the the burdens so you can get back to that human experience. And it sounds like this is an opportunity to, you know, use the data to say, here are the likeliest candidates. Here are sort of the the big societal things. Here are the things that are the same across patients. And now that that's being handled digitally, I, as the provider, can provide that level of one-to-one support. Can you talk a little further about that? Yes, absolutely. And so getting the data to work for the provider only allows them the the freedom to better personalize care. Yes. And so all those complicated uh, data sets that would be hard to track on an individual level, unless you know you're you're sitting in there asking a patient a million questions already. So what do you then do with it, right? Healthcare is notorious for just getting patient surveys, for getting patient, you know, to answer questions all the time, but what are you actually doing with that information and how is it in turn helping me in any sort of way? So you know everything about me. You basically have access to everything, um, my social security number, I mean, everything, right? Except my credit card number, um, make the information work for me in a way that it's advantageous and allows you to make better decisions. So whether that's how you filter data and congregate it, whether that is an AI aspect to it to allow for better decision-making from a human standpoint is, is also huge. I mean, one of the leading causes of death is, is actually, uh, human-related medical mistakes, essentially. And so how can we use the data um, and and digital transformations to help providers make better decisions? And, you know, we're already kind of gesturing towards this next question, but I think this this is the right time to dive into it, which is, can you provide some examples of what a truly differentiated, what that experience looks like from a healthcare provider's perspective and how digital transformation really plays a role in that. From a provider's perspective, there are a variety of opportunities to impact a portion and ideally all of a patient's journey. Uh, Instituting smarter patient management is one. Taking the elderly population as an example, about 85% have a chronic condition and over half have a second one. So taking care of them is often fragmented with a process for their primary care physician, their specialty physician, multiple pharmacies that they may have to go to. Ideally, providing a continuum of care takes into account all of these things. So offering a way to get a 360 view on a patient is key. Being able to create a place for tasks to be assigned to care plan team members or a place to access patient or plan information in a comprehensive manner leads to viewing the patient as a whole versus only one aspect of their health. Providers also have the opportunity to anticipate patients' needs based on medical history and social factors, geographic location, and access to transportation is an example of that. They can also use data to identify at-risk patients, those that are at risk for non-compliance that we mentioned earlier and that are at higher risk for being no-shows, and based on a disease or procedure, are going to need more follow-up and guidance. And so they do have a way to do that with technology. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, 
If I am going to a doctor, the majority of the time, not all the time, but the majority of the time, I'm going because something is wrong. And as a patient, the ability for a provider to pull, like you said, the every bit of data in my life except my credit card number, being able to use that data, pull it, and for me to immediately be able to come in and say, here's what I'm feeling, here's what's wrong, here are my symptoms, and for the doctor to go, all right, we have your data, we have these larger data sets, our digital tools are pulling all of that backend data, and here's what I think the problem is, that allows the provider to go above and beyond and give me a truly personalized experience. That increases my trust as a patient in the provider because I can see that they know me, they understand me, they're willing to give me that level of personalized care. And it makes going to the doctor a little less miserable, which is something that we should all be aspiring to. Absolutely. We see this in other industries already. Amazon is already suggesting the next product that you're going to need based on what you already purchased, right? And so why wouldn't we do that in a healthcare setting where we're talking about a, an actual treatment plan, right? And so based on those large data sets, based on my family history, based on social determinants as well, that's another big sector right now. I'm already going to know what could happen in a month with you. Or let's do this now to make sure that this doesn't happen in six months from now. And so definitely using data to anticipate treatment needs as well as patient behavior uh, gives the provider an opportunity to intervene before the patient even really knows it's going to be an issue. And so you've avoided a severe consequence in all, in all aspects. And you've made it better for everybody. You've made it better on both sides of the equation. If the, the, if the, if the provider is confident that the patients that they're working with are available and receptive, then they're more likely they're, they're better positioned to really invest themselves. Right. And then on the other side, and then, you know, it's sort of a cycle because if I am a patient and I get the sense that my provider is really investing in my, in my care and in understanding me, then I'm more likely to be receptive and to, to, to put in that effort on my end. And by creating a better experience on both sides, you're, they reinforce each other and it creates almost this feedback loop of better experiences across the board. Absolutely. And, and so everything we've talked about, you've seen just how labor intensive it could get, right? Because it requires constant follow-up. It requires that feedback loop, like you just mentioned. It, it has to be a constant back and forth. And not all of us, unfortunately, have an assistant that can manage our entire healthcare situation every day, right? I wish we did. But that's why applying digital solutions to doing something like that is also important. So your clinic staff cannot possibly keep up with all these things for however many patients you have. It's it's just too much time. It's too labor intensive. And so set up an infrastructure that can do it, that provides reminders to your staff on who to check up on or reminders to patients automatically to remind them what they should be doing or asking them to check back in with the clinic. And so it really facilitates that high touch point environment. And that really 
varies with the patient. And so if, you know, if you're going to a PCP for a physical, there's really not much to be done there or your average cold, right? That's, that's really not very labor intensive, but you have patients that are, you have patients that need that constant follow-up depending on the treatment that they're going through. And so I, I like to use bariatric surgery patients as an example, because that's not something you walk into and say, this is what I'm going to do, have gastric bypass surgery. There is actually an entire program leading up to that day, ultimately with the purpose of ensuring that patients are going to comply with the changed lifestyle that is required to reap the benefits of the surgery. Otherwise, it's really all for nothing. And so there's classroom training, there's constant weigh-ins, there's there's all these things that need to happen that lead up to this day for that surgery to take place. And so it's really important that they have that constant communication um, with their nurse, with the clinic, with the dietary uh, consultant. There, there's a lot of people that are a part of that process. And so in order to keep patients on track, in order to make sure they're coming in for all their appointments and all their classes, that's a perfect example of, of kind of a high touch point uh, scenario. I want to talk about roadblocks. I want to talk about what are some common roadblocks that can keep providers from investing in the technology that will improve customer experience and how can team leaders work to avoid those pitfalls? I touched on interoperability earlier, and I think that's a great example. Patients often visit multiple care providers throughout their healthcare journey, whether that's a physician office, acute care facilities, labs, pharmacies, a telehealth platform, et cetera. And as such, care providers and coordinators need access to various types of patient information currently housed across different systems. They need to quickly understand the history of a patient and accurately coordinate care both within and beyond the traditional walls of facility. Salesforce can house all the above information for a patient. There are pre-built objects for most categories needed. And while it's not designed to be the primary repository for electronic health records, it can surface relevant EHR data to users. Assuming a provider is outside the Salesforce organization, a portal could be set up and the provider could log into it to view patient data. I'd also say embracing the use of digital health tools has become a real focus. The pandemic really accelerated this concept and there was more emphasis on care while not having physical access to the patient. So remote patient monitoring sensors can essentially turn a patient's home into an acute care environment that tracks real-time information on the patient's health. And having a way to do that and then storing the data in a way that works for the provider gives them endless avenues for patient connection and timely intervention. Marina, thank you so much for your time today. This has been an incredible discussion. I'm uh, incredibly grateful. Before we wrap up, any closing thoughts for uh, our listeners at home? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm always really excited to talk about healthcare and really get into the weeds about how it can work better for the patient, about how to make healthcare a more enjoyable process for everyone, because it, it really makes a difference in patients that are undergoing just life-changing situations. There's a, a lot that they're already dealing with and 
the difference between good and bad care really could make all the difference in, in how they continue their life moving forward. And so I'm always really excited to talk about it and really excited about how um, Jarrett has decided to invest in healthcare and, and HLS and really passionate about it. We have a really great team that is very patient focused. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what we do here in the future. The statement that the healthcare industry needs to do better by its patients shouldn't be controversial, but it is. The fact is providers have moved away from giving the best experience to their patients. And as a result, people's trust in the entire healthcare industry has suffered. If we want to move the industry back in the right direction, and we should, the real answer is finding ways to eliminate administrative hurdles, simplify data collection and transfer, and make the experience human again. After all, that's where real care comes from. And for a lot of providers, that means deploying a digital solution that helps your staff focus their energy where it belongs, on the patient. This has been Transformation at Work. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Marina Jackman for an incredible conversation. Transformation at Work is, as always, produced by Jarrett in collaboration with Salesforce. I am Jeff Stormer, your host and producer. Until next time, thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.